Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. On the Billiken Sports Network from Learfield, this is the Billiken Coaches Show, presented by Edward Jones. Edward Jones is a proud sponsor of Billiken Athletics. Life is a series of moments. Make the most of them with an Edward Jones financial advisor. Also brought to you by Royal Banks of Missouri, investing in our communities one client at a time. Now, here's your host, the voice of the Billikens, Bob Ramsey. Tom Ackerman in for Rammer this evening at Humphreys in Midtown. What a great spot to come by, grab something to eat, grab something to drink. They are open late, 3700 Laclede Avenue here right on the SLU campus. Humphreys in Midtown, they are back. They are better than ever. They've got the great wings, the burgers, the sandwiches, everything you could possibly want for a great night out. Check out some sports and hang out in an awesome restaurant and bar. I am in for Rammer. He's uh, just a little under the weather today, and uh, so is our guest and our host, co-host today, I should say. This is his show, Travis Ford, head coach of the Billikens. How you doing? I'm doing good, doing good. A little, little under the weather, not too bad. We had a good practice today and uh, to prepare for Richmond on Wednesday night. But, uh, but yeah, it's that time of season. You know, yeah. it, it's, uh, it comes and goes, and you just got to – you know, it was an early morning. I was in the office by like 6 a.m. this morning, so it's been a long, long day. Uh, but it, it's, I've been, it's been, it's always that t- that time of year where you just, uh, you, uh, you're just grinding at this point. Yeah, I hear you. I, I was on the air at five this morning, but I got a nap this afternoon. <laughs> I, had, I had to get that nap in. As you can tell, I'm keeping my distance from you. Just yeah, I don't blame you. Know, you. I got I to call some Cardinals <laughs> games later this week. <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't have time to, to sound uh, bad, yeah. but anyway. You, uh, before we talk about your season, I know yeah. it's been a tough season. We're gonna we're gonna get into all that, but um, let's talk about some good stuff. There's some good news that came out today in that Jordan Goodwin has signed with the Memphis Grizzlies. When things like that happen, when players that you have coached uh, play at the highest level, what does that mean to you? It means a great deal. I'm happy for them. I'm so happy for them and their family. And Jordan's got you know two two boys, two little boys now, and. I knew it was coming. I, I knew it uh, several a week ago when he joined them. I thought he would stay on there for the rest of the year, most likely. And uh, they really believe in him. He's been starting. He started several games uh, before the All Star break. And um, it was funny uh, when he first joined the Grizzlies. Uh, I called Marcus Smart, uh, who plays for the Grizzlies now. I said, "Now take care of my guy Jordan Goodwin." And uh, he said, "Oh, you know, Coach, I haven't." 
he had been under the weather. He said, I haven't been in because he's hurt. He's probably out most probably for the rest of the year maybe. And uh, He said, I haven't been in, but I'm going, I'm going to the game tonight. They want me to stay away, but I'm going to the game tonight, and I look forward to seeing him. I'll take care of him. And it was, uh, it was the, uh, the night uh, before their last game uh, or the last game, and uh, I'm sitting at home that night, and all of a sudden FaceTime for Marcus, and it's Marcus and Jordan in the locker room before the game. And you talk about two guys that uh, have meant a lot to me, and um, and then Jordan gets to start that night, and they beat the Bucks uh, that night at home. So it was a big, big night on TNT. Uh, so it was a lot of positives, but you know it means a lot. I've had a lot of guys play in the NBA, uh, and it's always great to see these guys, uh, their dreams come true. But it's no different than when I go to a player's wedding. Uh, or I get a call from a player who's, you know, about to have a child or get it, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, you know, that at the end of the day, that's what uh, this is all about is, you know, all these relationships that you build through all these years and see these these young kids grow up to be men. Uh, and uh, that's uh, – it's very rewarding to see. It's very rewarding to see these guys being successful in whatever they're at, whether it's Fred Thatch, it's over at Worldwide Technologies doing terrific and – you know, I can go on and on and say he was at the game the other night. And to see these guys, it's uh, it's great to see. It's great to see. There are a lot of success stories. Do you feel like you are a father figure to them when they are here, that that, that is your responsibility as well as being a teacher and a coach? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and that, you know, in the recruiting process, I tell every recruit this, and I tell every recruit's parent or whoever's helping them make the decision, at the end of the day, my job is to prepare them to leave St. Louis University, prepare them to be husbands, to be fathers, to get a great education, uh, to be successful in whatever is next for them after they leave here. That's my job to prepare them to leave here and along the way to win basketball games. But our job is to prepare these guys for what is next because we tell them every single day, this is not real life what they're leading. They're going, you know, real life is once you leave here. You're preparing for what's next. And uh, there's a lot that goes into that. People have no idea. Probably the least thing I do is coach basketball. It's probably the least thing I do. Uh, and on a daily basis, you can, you'd be amazed with what I deal with on a daily basis as far as what these young men are going through on a daily basis outside of academics, outside of basketball. Uh, they're dealing with a lot, a whole lot. There's no doubt. Uh, you have also, as your former school, Oklahoma State, like you said, you've got some players that you keep an eye on. Another one of your former schools was in the news today. UMass is leaving the Atlantic 10 and going to the MAC. Now, while that news, as reporting on it, said that they had been looking into that for a while, it still on the surface comes as a startling piece of news because UMass, when you think about the Atlantic 10, Travis, you think about UMass, they're the only Final Four team in Atlantic 10 history. Yeah, I, it, it came a little bit of a shock. I'd, I'd actually had a couple of coaches a couple of days ago in our league call and mentioned it to me and said they're 80 or somebody said something to them. I hadn't heard anything about it at all. I kind of bypassed it as, you know, rumor, whatever it was. And then I get out of practice uh, and uh, read about it and a little bit shocked, obviously, spending three terrific years. Really enjoyed my time there. And, um, you know, the, and immediately, as soon as I somebody, one of my sisters, I said, "That's for football. I guarantee, that's a guarantee it. That's football. That's football generated." Um, when I was there, they were going through the whole process of trying to go at that time one, one double A, mm-hmm. 
and there was a big um, they were doing all kinds of research and all this should they go and we all knew what kind of money that was going to take and uh, that's you know um, but uh, I'm, I'm sure they've done all their research whatever they needed to do to decide that might be a, a good move for them and the best move for their for their program and for their school but it was a shock it's a little bit different definitely College athletics is just different right now. There's a, there's a <laughs> lot going on right now. I mean, yeah. I, I don't even know where to start with all of this. But, but it sure doesn't look the same as when I started playing 35 years ago and when I started coaching 27, whatever it was, or however how long. It sure doesn't look the same, that's for sure. Yeah, I don't even know, you know what it's going to look like next year, let alone what it's like now. But, uh, you know, I think part of that is NIL, and I did want to get into that a little bit with you, NIL. How do you view the NIL space right now? And, and – where has this gone over the last few years? Yeah, it's obviously changed. You know, uh, it's just a different day, and uh, I don't view it as positive or negative necessarily. It is what it is, and you deal with it. And I think everybody's still trying to get their arms around it and uh, and things like that. But uh, you know, it's uh, it's interesting to hear everybody's uh, everybody uh, what you hear other people have and what people think we had. It's very very interesting. Nobody knows. I know. Uh, I know exactly. <laughs> and. Uh, but uh, it's interesting to hear, and we hear what other people are doing. You don't know exactly what other people, the truths and different things like that. But uh, it is here. It's here to stay. I think it will transform into something differently uh, very, very soon. I do think as far as, you know, uh, you know whether it be schools generate revenue or whatever it may be, I think it will. it's still going to transform into different things as far as how it's being done and how it's – being paid out different things as we just saw late last week uh it changed overnight as far as how things can be done and i think that's going to be an ongoing deal it will always be something new will be popping up and it will look differently probably in a year and two years it look different but it's here to stay i i know you can't you can only go so far as what you say about this but what is it like here i mean what 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 is st louis university specifically like in that NIL collective environment. Yeah, we've got the Billiken Victory Fund that's obviously very active in it. And, uh, you know, Troy Robertson and, you know, Sky Harmar, there's a great group there that uh, really, you know, have love Billiken athletics and have a real passion for it. Uh, I think it's been a learning process for all of us, a learning process for all of us. I think we have our uh, arms around it 10 times better right now today on February, whatever it is, than we did this time last year and uh, where, where we're headed with it and what we need to do um, and, and things like that. And, uh, um, you know, those guys are working extremely hard. And, uh, you know, we uh, – I think we're, we're positioning ourselves to where uh, we can hopefully compete in the future to where, you know, uh, at the higher, higher level. Is roster construction – a year-to-year thing now, and and on top of that, how far in advance do you think about what's coming? And 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 you know, I mean, I cover baseball yeah. for a living. They are they could tell you right now mm-hmm. what twenty twenty-five, twenty-six, even twenty-seven, based on their payroll and things like that. It's a little different in right. college basketball for sure. But do you how far out can you figure what you're going to have? Yeah, that's it's 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 a whole lot different. Um, and uh, Billy Don's talking about this, and uh, the Bulls, you know, it's a lot different because as you talk about Major League Baseball, NBA, they're under contract. Mm-hmm. You know, they know under contract what they have. Now, with you know, obviously in the mid-year when they're allowing 
guys are transferred multiple times now. Now it's you have no idea. Uh, I was telling somebody, you know, it's. I think there was close to close. Let's say close to two thousand kids in the portal this past. I think that'll be double that uh, now. It'll be double, um, uh, most likely, possibly. So you know, it's uh, what we love to do is develop guys. We've had a lot of success. That's what I've in twenty seven. That's what I've taken a lot of pride in and kind of known developing players. And I still believe in that. You look at Sion Medley, who's going to join us, join us later, somebody I believe in, and we want to bring in freshmen and to develop. It makes it hard, though. It makes it really hard uh, to do that. But we still believe in that. It doesn't mean we won't go to the portal for certain, you know, things and uh, whatever it may be. But uh, I still believe in developing players. But it's, uh, it's making it harder. But to answer your question, yeah, it's almost year to year. I hear that. Um, when you look at your team and, and – Right now, your post presence with Ezawiro in mm-hmm. particular, I just maybe I, I don't I don't know all the particulars as to I'm always confused about eligibility. It's just like you know this guy can be eligible here and mm-hmm. Bruce is eligible here and why does that happen? I mean why why as the season starts are you not allowed? to get a player on the floor, but this player is allowed to be on the floor. Yeah, you know this is uh, for many reasons been the. T- toughest year of my career about not even close um and a lot of that started back you know um even a week before our first exhibition we had four guys that weren't even eligible you know we were trying to figure out are there five five i think maybe that we weren't even that we didn't know if we're going to be able to play bruce had been out six weeks with injury but we were still getting him eligible um and trying to get all the stuff that those guys needed and it was just really a a difficult time, and then, uh, you know, then we dealt with Brad, and then you know, it looked like pretty much we weren't going to get Brad. It wasn't looking good at all. Um, and then all of a sudden they passed the rule where all these guys could be eligible, and one day you're not playing, the next day literally we're saying, go get them, <laughs> you know. Uh, uh, and it's hard. It's not, you know, um, it's a hard transition. And I was just meeting with Brad before we came over here in my office, and, uh, and we were just talking. His dad's in town. Just a great, great, great guy. And um, and from out in L.A. to watch his son play. He was here Saturday and staying around. And uh, his dad's just so happy he's here. And just like this is the best place he's been. And obviously he's been a couple places. And talking about how proud he is that we've gotten him in shape. You know, lost a lot of weight, and we care about him, and really taking an interest in his son. And uh, I said, well, he's just scratched the surface. You know, Mr. Hazard, he's just absolutely scratched the surface of how great I believe he can be. Now, he's got to believe in it as much as I believe in it. Um, but uh, we just had a, an hour-long talk, just a great, great talk, and it's talking about how much I believe in Brad. But I don't – Brad's literally scratched the surface how good he can be. But to answer your question, it's uh, it's been a trying year from from a lot of standpoint. That was one of it, just trying to get all the a lot of these guys eligible – and it came to the very, very last minute. Yeah, Isawiro in particular. I remember when I saw him, like, it was the Louisiana Tech game when I saw him in person mm-hmm. for the first time. I'm like, well, he's a difference maker. I mean, they're they're different with him. Did yeah. you want to be bigger? I mean, did you want more uh, size on, on your roster? Were you attempting to do that? Or did yeah, you want to no. stay smaller and faster? No, no. We, uh, we wanted to get bigger and more athletic. And uh, we're not an overly athletic team at all. Uh right now and um you know we we needed to be 
uh, and we added a lot of size, a lot of size. And that was very young size, you know, from the Bruce and the Steph and young man Abu who did not get his waiver, did not get eligible. He's, gosh, he's probably 6'9 now and very, very athletic, probably one of the more athletic guys on our team. Um, but uh, as we all know, we started the year playing T.J. Hargrove at the five. Now, T.J.'s six, four and a half. Um, and he was at the five. Now we 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 kind of went after starting in October when we started price. We kind of said, all right, we we got to prepare as if Brad's not playing. So we prepared pretty much all summer to press and to play a certain style, and we were gung ho with it and had a true identity as much as identities we've had and and. Uh, Really thought we were playing pretty good out of the gates. Really did for our team and how we wanted to play. This is what we actually wanted to look like. And then we started getting hit with injuries and things like that. And uh, and we had to, you know, we went into, I think, the Drake game and actually played well. But I think we went in there with seven guys, maybe seven scholarship guys. And it's like, all right, we can't press. we got to slow this down and kind of lost our identity there for about a six, seven-game stretch. Um, and then we get Brad eligible and, so now we have to add that, and it was just—it's been a—it's been a challenge in every way. It's all excuses. It's, uh, it's reality, but it—it's all excuses. But it's—it's uh, been a challenge. But I, I was telling somebody, but our guys—I've really been proud of our guys. They're—I thought the last three weeks, other than the Duquesne week game, we've played really well. We've played good, even some losses. I thought we've played some good basketball. For us, we're never going to be a great defensive team. That's just not going to happen. We need to get better. We need to get better. We're not going to be—you know. Uh, a great defensive team, uh, but we do definitely need to get better. Do you think – could you still press? I mean, if you pressed more, do you think yeah. you could create some havoc and some problems well, we, to make up for it? We do. We we want to. But also now, you know, we got Mike Meadows who's been – then we had Sincere who we know is – his foot is just in and out. We're just – you know, so it makes it hard because now you're down to really two two subs for four positions. So it makes it a little more difficult. But against, uh, if you looked at, if you watched our game against GW, we pressed from the beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, it wasn't the all-out pressing that we did early in the year where it was just all-out, go get them for 40 minutes. It was more strategic, but we needed to put a little pre- – we thought we needed to put a little pressure on on them to try to slow them down a little bit. Um, but uh, we can – it, it – you know um, – I wish I'd stuck with it a little bit longer and when everybody got hurt. Uh, you know, uh, I wish I'd done that. There's all this kind of, you know, and things don't go well. There's a lot of everybody in line. I don't care what it is. You look back and say, well, I wish I'd done this differently because things didn't go right. Uh, it would have been hard. It would have been difficult, but uh, no different than now with, you know, uh, hopefully we can get sincere back. But Mike's still out and different guys that would make it a lot easier to say, let's, let's go get them again. Hard, and just so listeners understand, I think because what you're saying is if you don't do it right, they'll they'll go right back on you. I mean, won't they? I mean, if you are if you don't press correctly, they'll beat you down the floor if they know how to break it right? Yeah, no question. You know, it, I'm saying it more numbers-wise, fatigue-wise, yeah. foul factor-wise. It makes fouling when you press, you foul more. It's just, uh, it just goes with it. Um, and, and obviously fatigue factor because we have some guys playing some heavy minutes. Um but yeah, you know our pressing now is more of don't don't let it don't let the press hurt you. It's more of strategic pressing, kind of like a three quarters. Yeah, a little bit. We did a lot of three quarter the other day, and we did a lot of full court. 
Uh, whereas in the first, you know, uh, in the first four games, five, six games we were pressing, we were all out pressing. We actually uh, were changing presses in the middle of the game. Like, did certain things on two, certain things on three-point makes. And we we were – uh, we had a real identity that really literally worked on every single day and really had it down. And, uh, you know, when you lost the guys that were losing, Sincere, and then Mike, then Larry, then Kellen, and, you know, it made it almost impossible to keep doing that. We'll talk a little offense when we come back and about some of your players. You mentioned Sian Medley is here. Mike Meadows is here. Uh, great to have him here in the house. We're at Humphreys. We're glad that you're with us on KMOX and the Billikens Radio Network. Travis Ford is with us. I'm Tom Ackerman. We'll be back. It's the Billiken Coaches Show from Learfield. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We're back at Humphreys. It's the Billiken Coaches Show with Travis Ford. I'm Tom Ackerman. Great to be along with you talking some basketball. Billikens are at home this week, they take on Richmond at Chaffetz Arena. We'll have that one for you at 7 o'clock. Bob Ramsey will be back. He'll be calling the game with Earl Austin Jr., and we look forward to that. Uh, Coach, I know that you know you look back at this GW game. <laughs> you told me on Sunday if you liked offense, that was your game. I do think that to be able to put 96 points on the board without Sincere Parker is a positive. I mean, yeah. and you have, aside from the Duquesne game, which fell apart on you early, I mean, and that's putting it lightly. Uh, you were able to put up some big numbers here over the last week or so. Yeah, you know, going into the GW game, we, we knew we were going to have to score because they've been consistently scoring. They average 75, so obviously they're very consistent. But they put up numbers every night. Even though they'd struggled, they were, str- they were losing high, high, high games, 90 to 85. And uh, not many teams had stopped them offensively. And I looked and didn't look like we were – I didn't – like our odds, like we're we're going to have to be able to score here, and hopefully we could do some things to slow them down. We felt good that we had a game plan that we might be able to slow them down a little bit. But when we knew Sincere wasn't going to play, and you know, obviously that becomes a little bit more challenging because he's the guy that probably scores in the most ways on our team. And uh, but I really was proud of our team. I even told him at halftime we had made twelve threes. It's easy to be happy at halftime offensively. Uh, but we shared the ball about as well as we have all year long. We scored within the shot clock about as well as we have all year long. Um, we got guys, every player got their best shots, so we were feeding guys where they like to score the best. We recognized mismatches, which we haven't done a very good job this year, and we recognized some mismatches that we got to. We scored out of those. We scored in transition. We scored late in the shot clock. Um uh, 
And be be honest with you, we probably going back and watching the film, and I knew it during the game and after the game, though, but I even verified it watching the film. Probably could have scored 120. We missed a lot of open sh- a lot of Gibson, especially. Gibson had about as good a looks from three in the second half and the first half that he's had all year long that just rattled. They were in and out, literally rattled in and out, probably four or five of them. Uh, we had a lot of good shots that just didn't go down. That was one way they were able to come back on us a little bit. Um, but we had some great – we probably ran our offense as well as we have all year long as far as getting the shots that we wanted. Maybe he was surprised. To be he might have been. <laughs> he doesn't get many open ones. And uh, he, we worked it and worked it and did some guys did a great job finding him, and he did some great job of moving to get open and using shot fakes to get open. And uh, Yeah. I think he was. I, I do I actually think he was a little shocked how open he was at times. Uh, sincere has a foot injury. What, what's yeah. the prognosis there? Yeah, it's day to day. You know, the old coaching. It, it, it realistically is. It's not anything that happened in particular. It's just sore, different things like that. That uh, you know, we we don't want to push it. We you know, he needs to be healthy, and we want to make sure he's confident and feels good when he gets out there and pain free and uh, you know things like that. What happened in the Duquesne game? I mean, it's, it was 25-4. to four. I mean, not to bring up a bad memory like yeah, that, but it's 25-4. Yeah, appreciate that. To appreciate f- it. thought I, we were talking about the GW game. <laughs> it's we can go back to that. I mean, what happened? Did you know that that was going to happen? I mean, did you see signs in practice that, that things were not? Oh, no. We actually had one of our best practices the day before. Huh. Um, thought we had a good one. I did exactly. We know exactly what happened. They physically just man, – they just manhandled us physically. We uh, – and we, we were concerned about that. They're old. They're one of the older – I think St. Bonaventure's their second oldest team in the country. Uh, but uh, Duquesne's up there. Uh, top ten probably oldest teams in the country. They're old. They're physical. Um, and they physically just – man, we couldn't get – what I just said about our offense was 100% the opposite in that game. We were just – everything was forced to the sidelines. Everything was forced to half court. Uh, they were turning us over. Um and our offense was just killing our defense. We never even got our defense set up, hardly. It felt like. And, you know, they were they were hot. You know, some of these – it's just amazing these shots people are making. Like, you got to think, hey, I know we might be leaving them open, but come on, they're 35-footers. And their guy was making them, but we're giving them confidence. I tell our guys, yes, I know they're – but we're giving them confidence. We're making, feel, we're making them feel good about themselves. Uh, our offense was killing us, and – yeah, we got off at 24-5, to 24-4, to 4, whatever the number was. And then then we cut it – then we got it back to – we had a shot, a wide-open three. Gibson had a wide-open three that went in, literally went in the basket and came out, rattled. In the second half to cut it to nine. Um, and we played them pretty much even from that point, but just a horrific start. And it was all – they physically just took us out of it. The St. Joe's game, they were dropping threes early. You called a timeout yeah. 56 seconds into the game. What, yeah, what did you say to them? I've, you know, well, I was I was unhappy because all we talked about is don't give up threes, and we'd given up wide open th- like two, three wide open threes to start the game. Uh, especially one guy who said, "Do not, you know, run him off the line." If there's anything, I don't, I get upset very quickly about scouting report stuff, and uh, that's the reason I, you know, these are mistakes we're making. Uh, in the Duquesne game, I subbed all five, pretty much all five in and out. I just knew they weren't in it. They were just getting – they needed to wake up and uh, be motivated and get a little 
hopefully they were upset I took them as you want them to be upset. And uh, But uh, in the St. Joe's game, they just came out on fire and did it, um, you know, 100% what we said we didn't want them to do. And then obviously that game came down to last second, you know, get beat by one. In practice, you can speed things up, can't you, to get to game speed and get them working at a speed that they things are going to get chaotic in the game. But how do you practice – and prepare for physicality like that. It's tough for us because we don't have we're not that's not our strength. I talked about this the other day with Rammer. Maybe it was yeah, okay, and that it's been tough for us to simulate some of these things that we're going against. Um, a lot of times, um, and you know, and my whole coaching career, I've never had a year where you know guys are just we can't stop. Like the guy the other day, GW, we spent two days our whole game plan was try to slow this guy down we knew he could have big night goes out and gets 35 i mean um and that's happened quite a bit against us this year and that's something we've taken pride in in the past of stopping the leading score and take pride in that and uh we just haven't done a good job of that this year i think we can i think we will get better at it i hope uh, here very quickly um because we're gonna need to so we got second leading score in the league coming in wednesday night <laughs> it's another guard a uh, six-foot guard who's just dynamic score, dynamic. Uh, but it's been a it's, a it's been a real struggle, you know, and, uh, you know, especially how we guard, you know, defend ball screens should allow us to corral some of these guys and stop them. But we just – it's been a it's been a challenge for us, to say the least. The other thing about that GW game, it was a Saturday afternoon. People yeah. went to the game. Oh, it was – I came out and it was just packed. When I uh, – great, great crowd, super crowd. Um uh, Loud, got loud in there, and we were even talking about it in the timeouts late in the game when we were like, hey, let's do it. You know, and our guys want to do it for the fans. We all want to do it. we got great fans. We want to, you know, uh, we want to win for them and play well for them. And, uh, you know, we talked about, man, you guys, guys got a great crowd here tonight. Let's finish this thing, man. Let's finish this. Uh, and uh, it's, it's much, much appreciated. It's much recognized. Uh, and very much appreciate, especially through the struggles we've had this year. You do have great fans. Yeah. Even the fans who aren't there, you yeah. know that. I mean, you've, you've been at Kentucky. You've been at Oklahoma yeah. State. You've been everywhere. I yeah. mean, you, you know. And they're, they're great fans, but they're upset. And, you know, yeah. they're protesting a little bit. Yeah. How do you win them back? I mean, what is the plan to to well, get this obviously winning? But how, how do you get this thing rolling again? Yeah, you got to, you know – it's true for any. You got to win. I mean, that's about you know. Uh, I, I've said it all. I you know, uh, I don't expect anybody to be happy. I'm not happy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's part of being a part of sports. But you know, I think anybody in any given thing they do in their life have a, has a tough six months somewhere along the line. And uh, we've won a lot of games here, had a lot of success, and done a lot of great things. And uh, there's a lot of reasons we got put in this spot, and there. Are, you know, I've talked about their excuses, but a lot of it is reality. They are excuses, but we have a plan to get it fixed. Um, you know, I think it was a kind of a perfect storm for stuff to happen for us. Bad for as far as all the players we had to replace from that. You know, we knew we were in a little bit of a rebuilding mode. We knew that. You know, that's not. You know, that we knew that. And then, you know, uh, having to recruit out of the portal and the NIL stuff. It wasn't. You know, there's a lot to learn and a lot that we had to figure out and. You know, we've, uh, you know, that didn't go great. And, uh, you know, we had a lot of guys in, different things like that, that, uh, you know, and then you go through and you kind of got a system that you put in place and everybody kind of gets hurt. And, 
It's just uh, it's been kind of one thing after the other, it seems like. Uh, you can have these years, uh, unfortunately, and we see it all around. But I said it's no different any people who who work, have a business, or start something. You can have a bad six months. You know, everybody goes through a tough period, whatever it may be. And, uh, you know, we just do it kind of in the public. And so uh, it's a little bit different from that standpoint. But, you know, you got to have a plan in place to make things better, and I think we do. I know a baseball team that just went through it. Yeah, it way. happens. Yeah, you know, for sure. Doesn't it's no make, fun. Nobody has any better. fun. Nobody. No. It's not fun for anybody. I mean, that's uh, – but, you know, um, as I tell you, you know, um, you know, we can sp- spend a lot of time complaining about it or we can do something to fix it. That's what, you know, that's, that's, what the, that's what we need to do. We need to get it corrected, and I think we will. Travis Ford's with us. I'm Tom Ackerman. Billiken Coaches Show from Humphreys in Midtown. Back in a moment from Learfield. We are back. 3700 Laclede is where you'll find Humphreys. Man, I remember Humphreys back in the day. It was the spot. I mean, when we turned 21, you go to Humphreys, you hang out with your buddies. We actually celebrated the Super Bowl championship here. I ended up here with my wife at like 2 in the morning or 1 in the morning or something after they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, this is well, one of those I, places you, well, I can't, you go. I, I, I can't begin to tell you how many people have come up to me with stories like that, story after story where they've celebrated a birthday, they've celebrated whatever here and how much time they spend here and – John and Sarah have just done an amazing job of bringing this back. And what they wanted to do was bring it back as Humphreys, you know, try to duplicate as much as they could to bring it back, make it look like it, but also that feel and, you know, want it to be that. And I think they've just done a great, great job of making it that with the food's great, the atmosphere, the TV, everything about it. It's a, it's a great place. It's a good spot. It's one of those places when you walk in the door, the memories start coming it's, back. It's, everybody that's, says you know? that. Absolutely. It's got that great look. We are situated yeah. upstairs uh, here at Humphreys, and, and we love doing these coaches shows throughout the year. And one of the great things about it is you bring players. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rebecca does, too, uh, when yeah. I do the women's coaches shows with her. And uh, Tell us about your players here. We have Sion yeah. Medley and Mike Meadows. Yeah, I brought these two guys um, – these two, you know, are, are, are point guards. Uh, obviously, Mike's had a lot of entries this year, and Sion's a freshman. But I want to do it because I think Mike's been a great mentor to Sion, a great mentor. Uh, and it, it's, it's been important for us and because there has been a lot more pressure put on Sion, you know, because he's had to play a lot more minutes and stuff, kind of been thrown to the fire a little bit as a freshman and uh, – you know, uh, on a team that struggled a little bit, that's never an easy thing to do. Um, but Mike's had it look has been able to do it because he's been able to look at the game differently. Uh, because it's different when you sit on the bench and you analyze things a lot differently than you do when you play. Believe me, I know that. Like when I tell people all the time, playing and coaching is like night and day. It's not, as one doesn't, as far as what goes into it, as far as what goes into it. Like when I play, I never knew. When I became a coach, I was like whoa, and I. But wow, you know, and I dove into this as a head college head coach, and it's just I'm like, oh, this is a little different than when I played. Um, and Mike has done it from a coaching standpoint almost this year, um, as far as being a great mentor to see on. I see it, and I, I, I they, and I haven't even shared this with them as much as I should. I, I can't tell I me mean, people tell me, hey man, I watched Mike Meadows really talking to see on during the game and timeouts, and I was like, yeah, I noticed it. Uh, a little bit. I've got a lot going on during timeouts, but I notice it too. And I just thought it'd be cool to have these two guys who play the same position, totally different, er, totally different 
spots in their careers right now. One's very young, one's very old. And I just thought it'd be cool to have these two guys uh, join us tonight. I think it is cool. I've got three point guards here. That's so, right. I mean, That's you right. Guys, you know, you all know what you're That's doing. Right. Sion, I mean, how do you see that from your perspective? What has this year been like for you in a developmental stage for you? Uh, it's been huge for me. You know, um, I'm getting to learn about while playing, you know. So it's like I'm not sitting there and learning. I'm literally learning from my mistakes and the things I do. And it's been great to have these two because they've done it, what I'm trying to do, and uh, just learning every day hearing from both of them every day. They're both talking to me every day, all day. So it's been huge for me. What does Mike do for you specifically? Uh, that's my vet. So uh, whatever whatever I ask, basically, you know, he always comes up to me at any moment, like, are you okay? What you see? Or he tells me what he sees, you know, and I just try to apply it. You know, we share our thoughts, and we never, like, clash. We always just come together with one final answer, so – was it a big adjustment at first to play at this level? Oh, yeah, definitely. From high school to Division One college is huge. It's like the things you do in high school, you can't do here. So it's like you really got to, like, make that adjustment. You know, I had to make the adjustment fast, and it's, it's been a fun journey. What does that adjustment look like when things start to come into focus for you? Does the game slow down a little bit? Do you see more than you did? Um, Yeah, but no. You know, high school is like, Guys aren't as tall. Guys aren't as as athletic. So at this level, it's like you got guys six eight forty nine in ver- verticals. So it's like you can't you can't really you don't find that every day in high school. So it's like here is on a night to night basis, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Offensively and defensively, describe your game. What when Sion Medley's at his best? What what are you as a player? When I'm at my best, um, vocal, um, getting my teammates involved. You know, I'm just. Losing myself into the game and just being who I am, you know, not into my head. You know, I've been really been in my head lately about a lot of things, but I'm feeling finally just settling down, you know, just getting warm. And uh, it's been fun. You know, Coach said earlier. Yeah, uh, he, he, you know, I think the biggest adjustment for any players, and I think especially point guards, is on the defensive end. Um, big guys, I think it's the offenses a lot of times. But on the on point guards and guards a lot of times, I think the biggest adjustment is from high school. To, def- uh, to to college, especially this level, is on the defensive end early. But I think he I, I think he came off probably one of his better games he's played all year long uh, against GW uh, and then with the confidence. He went through a tough stretch uh, where he wasn't playing well, um, and he knew that. And, but, you know, I didn't give him the excuse I'm giving him now, but all freshmen go through that. They go through a stretch. It's a difficult time. And he just went through that, I, I thought, uh, where just I went through it as a player. Like, just they just didn't go right for whatever reason. Just can't get things to go right. And then he and I had a long talk. Uh, I guess it was after the Duquesne game. Um, and uh, you need to get back and play with that chip on his shoulder. Play with the chip on your shoulder. Uh, when you're a small guy, you need that chip. You've got to, you know, you've got to be out there. And as I told him, as a point guard, he's not a scoring point guard. When you're not a scoring point guard, you better make sure everybody else is doing their job. And that's the way I was. I wasn't a, you know, necessarily a guy that's going to go out and score a bunch of points. Uh, but you better make sure everybody else is doing their job um, as, a, as a leading point guard, as a leader. And I thought he just did an amazing job in the GW game, uh, especially offensively, of running our basketball team and getting us in the right stuff and getting the guys the ball and playing with a presence, a great presence about him. Really proud of him in this last game. And the last thing for you, and then we're going to take a break, and then we'll talk to Mike Meadows, is the adjustment to the college life, just in general. What is it like to be here, to be on campus, 
and uh, to balance your life academically and athletically? Uh, they make it they make it pretty easy for us, you know. Just get to class, do your work. You know, it's it's hard to adjust to, but it's it's just the regular stuff. You want to be here, that's what you got to do. Get to class, do your work. You know, the people on campus is is lovely. You know, I go to Einstein's get a bagel, and they be like, "Hey, number one, you watch the game." So it's like it's fun. You know, it's like the people here they love basketball. And it's just fun. You are at a basketball school. There's yeah. no question about that. They love their hoops here at SLU. We're going to take a quick break. Mike Meadows will jump in, and Travis Ford is with us. I'm Tom Ackerman. It's great to be with you guys at Humphreys. Back in a moment, Billiken Basketball from Learfield. All right, final segment from Humphreys, Billiken Coaches Show. Tom Ackerman with you. Always great to talk some hoops with Travis Ford. He's brought in some guests. Sian Medley is here, and Mike Meadows has joined us and uh, Travis when you and I talk on those Sundays and we talk about and you always say look I mean I, I'm not trying to make excuses here but injuries his name comes up every single time Mike Meadows yeah. you had some high hopes for that point guard position yeah you know um, we knew Sion coming in uh, was a young point guard and be able to get a, a point guard with some experience that he's been through and was I thought it was going to be important for Sion and our basketball team um, and uh you know, uh, obviously, I coached Mike's dad, so that's kind of how the connection started. And Mike's had a great career at different places, a really good career. Uh, probably considered more of a scoring point guard or two, played a lot of two in his, in, in, in his career, uh, but has succeeded everywhere he's been. Um, and uh, he's had some injuries throughout his career and different things. Um, but the one he's got now is one that's just hard to overcome. It's really tough. Um, it's a back injury that's going to require, you know, surgery at some point. Uh, but, uh, again, how he's handled it has been just amazing because he'll be a great coach someday whenever that is. And we already talked about what he's meant to see on in our team. He'll be a great coach. And, um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough for our team because, you know, you're talking about a guy that's great experience and scoring, especially when you lost a guy like Sincere as early as we did and, when we lost Sincere in the fourth game, we knew he was going to be out. We thought six to eight weeks, not ten weeks. Uh, we thought we, you know, Stabney was like, all right, we can turn to Mike to step up his scoring a little bit. And then he goes down two games later. Uh, initially, we thought he could be done for the year. That's how bad it was at the Southern Illinois. Yeah, that's how bad. I mean, we, I went to the hospital, went with him mm-hmm. after the game and went there and had to have everything done, and it, since that point, it's been a bit of a struggle uh, to try to keep him healthy and for him to be the player that we know he can be. That's the base. Forget about being healthy. He was never, even when he came back, was never quite the player that we knew he, he, he wanted to be and we knew he could be. But you've chosen to be a mentor to this yeah. young man. What, what has that been like for you? Um, it means the world to me. I mean, just seeing this guy grow. Um, these two right here collectively have – um, shown me that I do want to coach one day, actually. Just seeing Coach Ford, as hard as he works, um, good days, bad days, everything in between, as hard as he works, um, just seeing that day in and day out has inspired me. And then just seeing Sion's journey. Um, I didn't play that much as a freshman at all, so and I wasn't ready to, uh, just full transparency. I wasn't ready to. So to see him develop into what he has for a, as a leader for our team on the floor, um, he's an extension of Coach Ford on the court. Um, at such a young age is incredible. It's awesome to see. It's been bit by the coaching bug. I like that a yeah. lot. 
Uh, what, what about as a player? Because when you are healthy in a point guard, you're still a coach, aren't you? Yes. How, how do you see the point guard position? What's the most important thing to you? Yeah, like Coach said, I've learned a lot this year just about being a point guard. Um, I've played a lot of combo guard just throughout my career. Um, so I'm learning on the fly as well, which makes it even more of a cool journey and cool story. Um, but, yeah, you do have to be an extension of the coach. Um, you're always thinking next play. Like oftentimes you don't see me and Tion celebrate too much because we're worried about what's next. Um, and just keeping everybody focused and on the right track is huge. That, that was going to ask you that. We only have about a minute to go, but uh, how do you keep this group, him too, I mean your yeah. coach too, uh, lifted up? You know you can't contribute on the floor, but there's still basketball ahead of you. No doubt. Um, just staying positive, knowing that there's, for now, <laughs> not always um, as my college career wraps up, um, but there's always a next play to be made in the middle of a game, and you have to focus on that, good, bad, or everything in between. Um, just staying locked in on what's best and what's next. Have you seen video of this guy play? I'm sure. You oh, have. yeah, of course. I told Coach Fuller this all the time. My dad played for him. He's a legend. As far as I'm concerned, I'm from <laughs> Kentucky, too. So, yeah, I know all about him. Yeah, I know you do. Sion Medley, Mike Meadows, thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Great this. job, guys. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. And, Coach, great to see you. As always, we do a lot of these on the phone, so it's nice to be able to sit in person. It was fun to spend the night with you. It was fun. Let's enjoy a good night. Thank you. Really good time. We're at Humphreys. It's always a good time here. Fine food, spirits, live entertainment. Humphreys at Midtown. This has been the Billiken Coaches Show. Billikens are at home on Wednesday night against Richmond. Make sure you catch that one, if not in person, right here on the radio. And we say so long from Midtown. You've been listening to the Billiken Coaches Show, presented by Edward Jones. Edward Jones is a proud sponsor of Billiken Athletics. Life is a series of moments. Make the most of them with an Edward Jones financial advisor. Also brought to you by Royal Banks of Missouri, investing in our communities one client at a time. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the Billiken Sports Network. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.